We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is episode number 1,120 with New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Daniel Amen. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Steve Maraboli once said, it's up to you today to start making healthy choices, not choices that are just healthy for your body, but healthy for your mind. And Stanford professor David Eagleman said, instead of reality being passively recorded by the brain, it is actively constructed by it. My guest today is Dr. Daniel Amen, who has helped millions of people transform their lives and their brains through Amen Clinic's his best-selling books, and through his public television programs. The Washington Post has called Dr. Amen the most popular psychiatrist in America because of his books, media appearances, and clinics, which have over 7,000 patient visits a month. Amen Clinics also has the world's largest database of functional brain scans relating to behavior totaling over 170,000 scans on patients from 155 countries. It's crazy the amount of data they have. And he's written a new book called Your Brain is Always Listening, Tame the Hidden Dragons that Control Your Happiness, Habits, and Hangups. This is a mind-blowing conversation. We split it up into two parts. So make sure to subscribe right now and stay tuned for part two coming right after this episode. And in this episode, we talk about why the brain has more control over the body than your heart and your mind. This this was huge for me. The four big circles of the human experience. The negative effects that alcohol has on the brain. Yes, alcohol does not support your brain. The five foods that we should eat for a better, healthier brain. The biggest benefits of intermittent fasting and the science behind why it works for the brain and so much more. This is going to be a two-part explosion of information to support you in becoming happier and healthier. It all starts with the brain and how it connects to your mood, your energy, your health, the way you view the world and yourself. So make sure to subscribe to the School of Greatness podcast right now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and also share this episode with a friend so you can continue to help your friends improve the quality of their life as well. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Dr. Daniel Amen. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest, Dr. Daniel Amen, is in the house. Good to see you, sir. Lewis, I'm just so happy to be here. Very excited. This is a this is a topic that I love talking about, and I'm so glad you're here because you're one of the top brain health experts, neuropsychiatrists in the world. You've done thousands and thousands of brain scans from people all over the world. And I have a question about brain health, mental health, and just the mind in general. In your opinion, what is more powerful, the brain, the heart, or the mind? And which one is controlling our body the most? No question. It's your brain. Really? Your brain creates your mind. And when the brain works right, you work right. Mm. But when your brain is troubled for whatever reason, head injuries from playing football, mm -hmm. early Alzheimer's disease, you live in a mold-filled home, you have COVID-19, which we know affects brain function, or Lyme disease, it damages your brain and then you're more vulnerable to anxiety, depression, temper problems, um, and people don't get that, is there's all this talk about get your mind right, but if think of it like hardware, physical functioning of your brain, software, mm -hmm. your mind, network connections, your relationships. Mm -hmm. If the hardware's not right, the software won't run, and the network connections will be faulty. Mm -hmm. And so at Amen Clinics, we have nine clinics around the country where we see thousands of patients every month 
that it's like, get your brain right. And then we want to program it. Your mind's really important. And we want to help you work on your relationships. But if your brain's not right, nothing else is going to be as good as it can be. So if someone is doing exercises or practices in their relationships, dealing with anger management, stress, anxiety, depression, they're working on the software and not the hardware, what will happen? This is not as effective. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be very helpful. Um, But just just like the computer analogy, and and I didn't know this. (laughs) It was 1991 when I ordered my first SPECT scan. SPECT is the study we do at Amen Clinics. I'm already a double board certified psychiatrist, had been a psychiatrist for about a decade, and I always felt like I was throwing darts in the dark really? at my patients. That there's a great book called The Structure of Scientific Revolution. Because if what I'm doing is right, and I believe it is, um, it, it's really creating a revolution in brain health, mental health mm-hmm. care. And the first step of the revolution Thomas Kuhn wrote about in 1962 is you notice a flaw in the system. And I was taught, was really well-trained. I trained uh, to be a psychiatrist at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, Mm D.C. And if you have six of these nine symptoms, you get diagnosed with depression, and then I give you a medication. Right, that's what you did for a while. But some of the people I'd put on Prozac got better, Mm -hmm. and some of them became suicidal. Some of them became aggressive. Some of them became obsessive and anxious, and I'm like, this isn't working like it should. Right. And for a small percentage, maybe it helps, but not for everyone. Well, maybe even a good percentage it helps, but a good percentage it hurts, yes. which would horrify me because I would always feel off balance. I didn't right. know this would work, that would work. Plus, I didn't care about my own brain at all really? because I hadn't seen it. And in 1991, when I started ordering scans, I scanned my mom. She had a beautiful, healthy brain. I scanned me and it wasn't healthy but I played football in high school. Mm. I had meningitis when I was a young soldier, and and I had bad habits. I wasn't sleeping, I was eating fast food, and when I scanned myself, I developed a concept. I wanted my mother's brain, and so I called that brain envy. (laughs) Freud was wrong. Penis envy is not the cause of anybody's problem. You gotta learn to love and care for your brain. And so the next 30 years I've been figuring out how can I have a better brain? Because when I have a better brain, I have a better life. Mm. And what I realized is depression's not one thing. That's why Prozac didn't work for everyone. For some people that really low, blood flow and activity in the brain. For some people, it's really high. And for some people, they had head injuries. In fact, if you go, hey, Daniel, single most important thing you've learned from 183,000 scans, that's how many we've done, is that mild traumatic brain injury is a major cause Uh, of psychiatric illness. Oh, man. And nobody knows about it because psychiatrists, by and large, never look at the brain. What does psychiatric illness mean? Is it the same thing as mental health disorder, mental health disease? What does that mean? Right, I mean, it's the same thing. It's people who struggle with anxiety, depression, OCD, PTSD, schizophrenia, attention deficit disorder, addictions, uh, but... So you're saying if we played football, we're screwed forever? You're vulnerable. Okay. If Since we played football and you're bigger and probably way better than me, so you got your head hit more. Yes. I was on the best position in the field, which is I was a backup quarterback. Best position <laughs> so in the field. you weren't on the field, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but you're clearly more vulnerable. Mm. So in 2007, Anthony Davis came to see me. He's the Hall of Fame running back from mm-hmm. USC. Mm-hmm. He's called the Notre Dame killer because in 1972, he scored six touchdowns wow. against the University of Notre Dame. And um, his, he was at the time confused. He had memory deficits. He had temper problems. He's getting into fights. He had no business. And one day he's driving on the 405 and he had no idea where he was going. And he pulled over, called a friend of him at the USC School of Medicine. He says, you should go see Dr. Raymond. Wow. And when I saw him, his brain at 54 looked like it was 90 mm. and bad for 90. 
And Anthony just did everything I asked him to do. And five months later, his brain is better. Um, he's excited. He's like, Doc, we have to talk about this. And this is at a time the NFL is really an active denial mm -hmm. that they have a problem. Mm -hmm. And so we did a study. He helped me wow. with the Los Angeles chapter of the NFL Players Association. They co-sponsored my first study. High levels of damage wow. in players. And what we found, they had four times the level of depression Ooh. and significantly higher incidences of dementia. But 80% of them got better when I put them on a brain health program so it's wow now is do you think i know from transitioning out of sports as you know a professional football player transitioning where my identity was tied to that thing for so long that when i left and that i had this identity mini identity crisis for a few years of like uh living in the past and will my life ever be the same type of mentality can the depression or anxiety come from the identity crisis as well? Or is it more tied to the traumas you hit? Because when I was in the game, I felt like I had a purpose, a mission. I didn't feel as stressed and overwhelmed. But it's when I left the game when that came up. Is it a combination or is it? It's always a combination. Yeah. Always. I always think of people in four big circles. What's the physical functioning mm -hmm. of your brain and body? So it's a biological circle. What's the psychological circle, which is your development, that really matters, and your ability to manage your mind. In my new book, Your Brain is Always Listening, I talk about the ants and the dragons. Yes. The ants, the automatic negative thoughts that steal your happiness, and the dragons with big psychological issues from the past, like the abandoned, invisible, and insignificant dragon, Ooh. it's my dragon, uh, that are always sort of breathing fire on your emotional brain. So biological, mm -hmm. psychological, mm -hmm. social, it's like, well, how's your money? How's your relationships? I mean, we're just coming out, hopefully, of a pandemic mm -hmm. that has spawned another mental health pandemic, mm -hmm. right? So biological, psychological, social, and spiritual, which most psychiatrists would never touch, but 80% of the population believes in God and has deep-rooted spiritual beliefs, and it's ultimately, well, why are you on the planet? And you had lost mm -hmm. your sense of meaning and purpose, mm -hmm. where, where you had one life and then, well, all of a sudden you don't have that anymore. Right. And I'm a huge fan of Ariana Grande's song, Thank You, Next, Next because <laughs> those three words are mental health. Huge. It's gratitude for what's happened in the past, looking forward. Absolutely. Gratitude for your career. And then like, all right, what's next? Mm -hmm. And if you had known me at the end of your career, you'd like go, good, we're not going to hit our head anymore. <laughs> we're going to take care of our brain so we can do something right. fun, exactly. which obviously you've done. Yeah, it's been great. We have to acknowledge uh, the, the season of our life and then move on to the next season. What would you say are the, the three worst things we can do for our brain? If the brain health is the, thing, the foundation for our mindset, our heart health, are the way we view the world, what are the three worst things we can do? Whether it be taking a substance, thinking a thought, staying in a toxic relationship, being around mold all day, like what are the, you know, the trauma to the head? Well, I mean, the worst thing you can do is not care about it, mm -hmm. uh, is not have brain envy. That's the <laughs> worst thing have brain envy. you can do. And I have a little tiny habit I love. I worked with BJ Fogg from the yeah. persuasive Stanford. tech lab at Stanford. Yeah. And we worked with him for six months on how people change. And we created 50 tiny habits. But my favorite tiny habit is before you go to do something today, ask yourself, takes three seconds, is this good for my brain or bad for it? And if you can, ask your, you can answer that question mm -hmm. with information and love, love of yourself, love of your mission, um, you are gonna be better. Yeah. Because when your brain is better, you're better. Um, so that's number one, if you don't okay. care. Yep. Number two is you engage in behaviors that hurt your brain, whether it's head trauma or thinking of marijuana as going green, it's not, it damages the brain. 
alcohol is not a health food, living in a mold-filled environment. You may know Dave Asprey. Absolutely. Dave and I are buddies. Yeah. He got scammed about 15 years ago and it was like moth-eaten. It was really? terrible. But he was living in a mold-filled home. And he actually did a documentary called Moldy that I'm in on the impact of an environmental toxin wow. on your brain. And, and I would say the third thing, so brain envy, um, engage in behaviors that hurt your brain. The third thing would be, you just never do anything to help your brain, mm. such as, we talked about this before we started, table tennis, which is just a great brain game. Yes. Because you gotta get your eyes, your hands, and feet all to work together while you think about this spin on the ball. So I think of it like aerobic chess. Mm. And people never think about their cerebellum. It's the Rodney Dangerfield part of the brain. Now, I'm horrified because many young people don't know who Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> is. He was a comedian who used to say, I get no respect. And then he'd talk about why he got no respect. Well, in the back bottom part of your brain, there's cerebellum actually means little brain. It's 10% of the brain's volume, but it has half. 50% of the brain's neurons. And it's involved in coordination, which is why table tennis is great for your cerebellum, but also thought coordination, how quickly mm. you can integrate new information. And we know people have ADD, have sleepy cerebellums, people who have autism awfully have damaged cerebellums. Mm. And so we, so athletics are so important, yes. right? These coordination exercises like martial arts is amazing. As long as you don't hit your head, right. as long <laughs> as you don't hit your head, because the brain is soft about the consistency of soft butter, tofu, custard, somewhere between egg whites and jello. And your wow. skull is really hard and has sharp bony ridges. This is why the thousands of blows you took to your head are just bad. Helmets don't protect brain damage, protect you from brain damage. They protect you from skull fractures. But inside your brain, your brain is doing this Eesh. repeatedly. And that's not a good thing. You can't like take your laptop and just drop it repeatedly and expect it to do what it needs to do. Oh my gosh, I just keep thinking of the decades of brain <laughs> hitting over and over. But I think, you know, what I love about your, your message and your research is that it doesn't matter if you've been through that in the past, as long as you're aware of it and you start to practice habits and routines and really set your environment up, your relationships, these four circles up for success, you can really heal a lot of the past trauma in the brain. Is that right? Absolutely. How much That's the do? exciting thing. How much from these scans you've done where people have had Horrible looking scans. I mean, whether it be brain trauma or sexual trauma, whatever it is that they were stuck in some type of brain trauma. And they went on a program of better lifestyle, better habits, spiritual growth, uh, personal development. Were you able to see a, a significant transformation within a year, five years, 10 years? How long does this take? Well, I have Anthony Davis's scans 10 years apart and dramatically wow. better. Or one of my favorite NFL players, his name is Duval Love. He was an offensive guard for the Los Angeles Rams for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him, he's obese, he's depressed, he's been to jail, um, he's a mess. And he just did what I asked him to do. And that's why I love my NFL players because <laughs> they're, they're, they're used to being coached. <laughs> tell it's me like, what to do, coach. I'll do it. <laughs> hey, coach, tell me what to do. And he lost 110 pounds. Mm. And uh, he's actually ended up getting his master's degree. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. my God. And, you know, he's trim, he's happy, he's fit. And his brain is radically better. Now, it depends, right, on how much you played and how many hits and how damaged it is. And it also depends on the brain you brought into football because some people brought really healthy brains mm -hmm. into football. They had parents who cared. They had reasonable nutrition and so on. And some people <laughs> brought in terrible brains. Yes. But 80% of our people get better especially okay. if they do what we ask them. Is this better do. in terms of like, okay, you're 80% back to a super healthy, perfect brain? Is it like, wow, this thing's unbelievable, off the charts healthy, 
Like everyone can envy your brain, even if you went through trauma, or is it like it looks really you know, good? It depends on what you start with. Yeah. Um, one of my other players, Anthony Trucks, who I just love, um, his brain was suffering when I first saw him. Really? From, and uh, a Anthony year Trucks later, from Oregon, uh, Oregon football player who played in the NFL for a few years. I know yeah. Trucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love him. Good guy. And he said what I asked Super him positive guy. to do. Yeah. And a year later, his brain's healthy. Really? Yeah. So it wasn't healthy when he came in. A year later, it's healthy. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Right. And that's the cool thing about the brain. Every day, your brain, and there's an area called the hippocampus. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if this is too much nerd neuroscience, but Bring the cerebellum is really important. The hippocampus is really important because it's involved with mood and memory. Interesting. And it's Greek for seahorse because it's shaped like a seahorse. And every day the hippocampus makes 700 new baby stem cells or new baby seahorses. Every day. Every day. In and the brain. In the brain. It's You're making, making new cells. Huh. every day. So neuroscientists, when I was taking neuroscience in medical school, they told us, you know, if you hurt your brain, sort of you're screwed and you're not getting it back. Well, that was a lie. That the brain continues to make new neurons throughout oh. life. And every day you're growing those babies if you put them in a healthy environment or you're murdering them. And oh, man. funny story came out last year. I've been Miley Cyrus's doctor for about a decade uh -huh. and I adore her. Yeah. And she was smoking a lot of pot, as everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And um, But she's also an animal lover. So when I told her the pot was suffocating the baby seahorses, she's like, Dr. Raven, that's so unfair. Oh. No, I love animals. <laughs> you can't say that. Take that back. Uh, wow. And now she's better to her brain. Uh -huh. Just the information, know better, do better. I wanna ask you some controversial questions about brain health. How much do, is it a third of Americans are obese or is it two thirds? Oh, no. Two thirds of Americans? 72% of Americans are overweight. Or overweight. 42% of us are obese. Obese. I published three studies. In fact, I did an NFL study. One of them was an NFL study. I took players at the same position who were at a healthy weight, 
versus those that were overweight. The overweight had sleepy frontal lobes. They had mm. decreased activity in the frontal lobe. I just published a study on 35,000 people. It's one of the largest imaging studies ever done. And there is virtually a linear correlation between as your weight goes up, the function of your no. brain goes down. Really? Oh, morbidly obese was worse than obese, which was worse than overweight, which was worse than healthy weight. So healthy weight versus... So healthy weight would be the best activity and then overweight and then obese and then morbidly What consists of overweight versus obese? Is this uh, body uh, fat percentage? Uh, well, it's something called BMI or body mass index, which in NFL players actually doesn't correlate very well. Yeah, yeah. For them, it's their waist to height ratio. So their, your waist should be half your height or yeah. less. So if you're six feet tall, yeah. that's 72 <clears throat> inches. Your weight, real, your waist, and you got to measure. You can't go by your pants size <laughs> because the clothing <laughs> industry knows yeah. that we're unhappy. And so you guys got to put a tape measure right around your belly button. And so if you're six feet, your waist should be 36 inches or less. Mm, and that's good. if it's good not, then it's good to work on, right? right? And just see it as a problem to solve. But if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it, if it's headed to the dark place, you have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors. I have a mnemonic for that I read about in the books called Bright Minds. Well, if you're overweight, that automatically means you have five of the risk factors. Really? Because being overweight decreases blood flow. That's what I, my study showed. It increases inflammation. It stores toxins, fat stores toxins, like if you smoke pot. It actually stays in your body for 30 really? days. Wow. Um, it changes your hormones. And this is like shocking for me in my NFL work that these big strapping virile men are almost all low in testosterone because when you have subconcussive blows, it damages the pituitary gland, mm. which turns off the production oh my of testosterone. And so belly fat especially takes healthy testosterone and turns it into unhealthy cancer-promoting forms of estrogen. Ooh. And so, you know, you have the diabetes, risk factor, blood flow, inflammation, toxins, and hormones. And so... That's all from being overweight. That's all from being overweight. It's just a, a thing we should be working on. And what I often say is the real weapons of mass destruction. ISIS has nothing on our food industry. Right. They're highly processed, pesticide sprayed, high glycemic, low fiber food-like substances stored in plastic containers. Yeah. This is what's really killing the health of America. Okay, so <clears throat> obesity is a, what I'm hearing you say, obesity is a big factor to mental health uh, stresses and brain stresses. Is and Alzheimer's correct? disease. And Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean, they're all, it all sort of goes right. together from depression to um, problems in school to memory what, problems later in life. What's your thought? I mean, I'm all for people loving themselves where they're at, where they're at in their life and loving their bodies for where they're at and not shaming themselves and the self-love movement of accepting yourself for where you are. But... That's only going to hurt our brains if we're not actually saying, okay, I accept and love myself where I'm at and the decisions I've made to be here, but I've got to start working on these things. Otherwise, there's going to be some challenges emotionally, mentally, anxiety, depression if I don't work on it, right? My health. The don't worry, be happy people die the earliest from accidents and preventable illnesses. Mm. And I want people to love themselves. But doing the right thing is an act of love. Like if you're really unhealthy, walking is an act of love. And so, um, so it sort of catches me in this funny place. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was on a plane once and, um, and I'd figure out this connection between as your weight goes up, the size and function of your brain goes down. And I was sitting next to someone who was very overweight. And we were on a tiny plane going to Des Moines, Iowa for public television. 
And in my head, I'm like, oh, you want to talk to her about that? And then I, I talk to myself all the time. It's like, no, you don't want to say anything. Don't need to upset her day. And, um, but then I went to Pittsburgh and I went to GNC, you know, the supplement mm -hmm. company. And um, one of my core values is being authentic. Mm -hmm. So I live the message of my life. And the message of GNC is health. Yes. And their number three guy, their marketing director, took me to dinner, was morbidly obese. Really? And, and that thought in my head is, you should talk to him about this. And, and he made the comment. He opened the conversation. He's like, you know, I don't know why I'm overweight, but my numbers are okay. And I'm like, what numbers? And I'm like, Tom, you don't want to be a dinosaur. Because I had figured out, big body, little brain, you're going to become extinct. And we had this great conversation because my favorite verse in the New Testament is John 8.32. Know the truth mm. and the truth will set you free. I'm like, do you not want to be like the number two guy or the number one guy? Mm. You're not going to do that if your brain's not healthy. And that conversation the next year, he lost 80 pounds. Wow. Most people don't know that this is a <clears throat> serious health, mental health, brain health risk. And I just want to tell people the truth and mm. I want them to get healthy and People go, but I don't like any of, one of my NFL players, but I don't like any of the foods that are <laughs> healthy for me. And I'm like, none, not one. And we did this great exercise. And it turned out he liked like 70 of the foods right, that right, were right, right. like, You only want to love food that loves you back. It's a relationship, yeah. right? I don't know if you've ever been in a bad relationship, yeah. but I've been in a yes. bad relationship. I was in a 20-year marriage with someone who didn't like me very much. Mm. I'm never going to do that again. I'm just not. It's a boundary mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I'm damn sure not going to be in a relationship, a bad relationship with food. Mm. I want to be in a good relationship. Yeah. I mean, I love food. I just want it to love me back. What are the five foods that we should have to help our brain the most? Salmon, wild salmon, blueberries, mm. uh, walnuts, uh, olive or avocado oil. Um, yeah, healthy protein, chocolate. Uh, I make this great brain healthy hot chocolate every really? night for my family. Really? What is I just it? look at the six of them that live at home. I'm like, okay, who's up for it tonight? So Costco, of all places, organic, vanilla, unsweetened almond milk, raw cacao. It's a superfood. Uh, so organic raw cacao. And a little bit of uh, Sweetleaf is a company that makes flavored stevia. Mm. They make chocolate flavored stevia and put it in the blender, heat it up. It's phenomenal. Mm. Good for me. I love it. And it loves me back. It loves you back. So salmon, <laughs> salmon, blueberries, walnuts, avocado, or avocado oil, raw chocolate are some of the top favorite foods for the brain. For the brain. Why are these foods? Is it high in uh, antioxidants? Is it proteins that they have? Is so it blueberry, it's the phytonutrients. They've actually done studies showing cognitive enhancement with blueberry juice, uh, Salmon, it's the omega-3 fatty acids and the complete protein. Avocados, it's the healthy fat, uh, especially omega-3 fatty acids. Mm. Uh, same with walnuts. Your brain is fat. Low-fat diets are bad really? for your brain. People who go on low-fat diets actually have an increased incidence of depression. Really? Yeah. So now you don't want bad fats, uh, fried fats particularly. Mm. You want healthy fats: avocados, nuts and seeds, green leafy vegetables, mm. um, olive oil. Is that in there? Olive too? oil, avocado oil, macadamia yeah. nut oil. Yeah. So how much? How much food should the brain have? Is it you know? It's, your buddy, our buddy uh, Dave Asprey talks about fasting a lot. A lot of people are in this fasting craze. 
if we're not giving the brain food or nutrients for a day, three days, five days, does that help the brain? Does it reset the brain? Does it hurt the brain? So intermittent fasting, where you go 12 to 16 hours from dinner to breakfast or lunch, mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. um, they've actually found your, there's a term called autophagy, yes. where your brain begins to clean up some of the trash. So it works in the brain on, too, not just in the It works on the, the brain really? as, as well. Now, I grew up Roman Catholic, and long-suffering was one of the <laughs> gifts, and I never got that one. I'm not a fan of long-suffering. Yes. I'm not doing a marathon. It's like way too much stress for my brain, and I'm not fasting for three days, but I can go 12 hours. I sure. mean, like, that's not a big deal, and it helps people lose weight. It helps them be healthy. And I come from a family of fat people. Mm -hmm. My dad used to hate when I would say that. But I have a brother that's 150 pounds overweight, despite me loving him, nudging him. And you just have to be thoughtful. Know your vulnerability in mm -hmm. bright minds. The G is genetics. Mm -hmm. So know what you're genetically vulnerable to. And, you know, I have to work on it. Right, right. How you mention you don't do marathons. Uh, if you're not traumatizing the brain through contact sports, but you're an endurance junkie, you love to run marathons, you run them every year, you do triathlons, you do ultra marathons, you're doing mountain climbing. Are these activities good for the brain to put some extreme stress on it, even if it's not physical contact to the brain? Or does it long-term hurt the brain? The scans I have of extreme athletes are not good. Really? Yeah. I think it's too much stress for the brain. I, I love HIIT training, high-intensity mm -hmm. training. That's been shown yeah. to increase mitochondria and cells. Uh, I'm not a fan of putting your body under a lot of stress. It's, it's just not good for it. Mm. Some stress is, is good. We call it eustress. A little bit, so your fibers grow. That's why weight training is important. The stronger you are as you age, the less likely you are to have Alzheimer's disease. Really? But uh, you want to love your brain. You want to make sure you're sleeping for your brain. That's the S in Bright Mind. So if someone's like, you know what? Okay, I hear what you're saying, but I really love to do a, a marathon or two a year. And a few times in my life, I want to do, you know, I want to climb Everest or something like that. I want to do something to challenge myself. And I go, is that like, gonna, awesome. Is that going to hurt the brain it's, it's not going to, if you're doing everything else right. So one of my NFL players just signed an $80 million deal. Wow. So he's going to play. He's, 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 he's going like, to play. Uh, and, but if you're going to do something that is potentially damaging to the brain, Make sure you're doing everything else right. Mm -hmm. So, for example, being a firefighter is a brain-damaging profession. Mm -hmm. We need to own that. Just mm -hmm. like we need to own playing football is a brain-damaging right. profession. It's like, own it. Everybody knows it. Now, when I started my work in 2007, very few people know it. Now, everybody knows mm -hmm. it. Um, but they don't know that being a firefighter because there are heroes. Mm -hmm. Those are the people we need when we need them, and we need them healthy. Mm -hmm. But because of the toxins they breathe, because of the emotional trauma they see right. day in and day out, because of the head traumas they experience, they have a higher incidence of depression, a higher incidence of suicide, and a higher incidence of early death. We should not be okay with this. But it doesn't mean we're not going to have firefighters. What it means is we should put their brain in a rehabilitative environment all the time. Mm -hmm. We should be teaching them about brain health, like with NFL players. Currently, we should be teaching them, look, if you're going to do this, own it. It's a brain-damaging sport, so let's just do everything else right. What are the other things right? that you talk about? Are there are a few main keys? Is it nutrition? Is it sleep? Is well, it we think about bright minds. It's just mm -hmm. such a good model. So blood flow, B is blood flow. Mm -hmm. So exercise and foods like beets that increase blood flow or supplements like ginkgo that increase blood flow. The R is retirement and aging. New learning is absolutely critical. Um, you know, your work and studying greatness, you're always learning always. something new. 
which is great so what, for so the brain. Retirement plus aging, is that what you said? Retirement and aging. So continuing to learn in those stages. And always putting yourself in an anti-aging environment. So the food you eat, mm -hmm. the exercise, new learning, being passionate, never retiring, mm -hmm. right? I mean, maybe you go and do something else you like better because right. you have enough money, but never retirement. Because when you start, when you when you start not doing things, your brain actually starts to disconnect itself. So when we say people, someone retires at 60, 70, 75, and they say, you know, I'm just going to sit on the beach for the next however long, enjoy my family time, enjoy the money I've had, and relax. What happens to those people if they don't have a, a purposeful mission in their life beyond relaxation? What happens? Or what their brain disconnects itself. Really, they have a higher incidence of dementia. Um, and my dad worked until he died when he was almost ninety-one. And he's like, when my friends retire, they die. Really? And now, if you retire because you really didn't love what you were doing right, anyways, right, right, right. and you go off and do something you love, right. maybe not golf because you're around all those toxins on the green. Um, maybe not golf. But when if you're doing things you love and you're always learning, well, that's awesome. That's a yeah. really good thing. So you can retire from your job. Don't retire from your life. Don't retire from your life. Stay connected in some meaningful pursuit. It's absolutely critical yeah. to stay keeping young. And then the I is inflammation. Mm -hmm. This is the big bad actor. Because uh, inflammation in your body, which comes from eating processed foods, one of the surprising things comes from gum disease. If you're not a flosser, really? you need to floss. I'm a flossing Me fool. Too. I did twice a day. And I wasn't that way I until I started reading the studies really? that people who have gum disease have a higher incidence of heart disease, but also a higher incidence of brain disease. They actually found um, gum bacteria in higher in the brains of people with Alzheimer's disease. Um, wow. And so omega-3 fatty acids decrease inflammation, fruits and vegetables decrease inflammation, flossing, and probiotics. Getting your gut healthy, there's this huge connection between the brain and the gut because inflammation often comes from having an unhealthy gut either from infections or the lousy food that you're eating. And the G is genetics. You need to know your vulnerability, but genes aren't a death sentence. What they should be is a wake-up call uh, to know what you're vulnerable to. My, uh, I have heart disease and obesity in my family. I don't have heart disease and I'm not obese. Why? Because I'm always on a prevention mm. program. Mm. You just want to be serious as soon as you know what your risks are. Right. Okay. H is head trauma, which we talked about. Brain is soft, skull is hard. There are 3 million new head injuries every year in the United States. This is a big deal. Wait, 3 million new head injuries? Is that, every year. Is that from car accidents or falls. sports, falls, everything? Everything. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly 
or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game, or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Wow. You know, being hit. Domestic violence, whatever it might be, anything. Gunshot, whatever. Whatever. Three million. Three million. Which means most people live over the last 30 years. That's 90 million people in the United States who oh struggle gosh. with the effects of traumatic brain injury. Very high in prison populations, very high in people who struggle with psychiatric diseases. And then T is toxins. And so you go, well, what can I do to support my brain? Well, one, avoid them. Alcohol is not a health food. Um, my <laughs> biggest blog last year was titled, I Told You So. And when I dated my wife, Tana, and I think you met my yeah. wife, she's awesome. And when we were dating, she said- Your current wife. My current Not wife. the 20 year. Not the okay. 20 year. The, she said, I'll never tell you I told you so. She lied. She's a flat <laughs> out lied to me. It's like her favorite thing to say. Uh. And, um, but I've been telling people ever since I started imaging, alcohol is not a health food. And our first clinic was right next to the Napa Valley. So it was not a popular thing to say. Mm. And, but it's just what I saw. And then there's a study from Johns Hopkins that say people who drink every day have smaller brains. Wow. And then last year, the American Cancer Society came out oh. and said any alcohol is associated with an increased risk oh. in cancer. Seven different cancers. Oh, any and alcohol. Any alcohol. Man, that and so my Every blog. wine drinker is saying, no, you're wrong. No, I'm not listening to this <laughs> right. right now. What about a glass once or twice a week? What about the nutrients from the well, grapes? Well, again, All if you're going to do something that's bad for your brain, you should be doing other things yeah. that are good for mm. your brain, right? It doesn't mean you can never have a drink, but just know it's not a healthy, healthful yeah. thing to do. So you wanna do the other things. Yeah, like when I eat uh, a bowl of ice cream and pizza, I know it's not helping my brain. Right, and if you do it once a month, it's like not the biggest deal exactly. in, in the world. But then, cause here we're talking about tea for toxins, you want to support the four organs of detoxification. So your kidneys drink more water, your gut eat more fiber, um, in my shake every morning I put fiber in it, in your, for your liver, kill the alcohol, and eat detoxifying vegetables, they're called brassicas, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, kale, and take infrared saunas. People really? who take the most saunas have the lowest incidence Come of on. Alzheimer's disease. Really? Because it detoxifies you. And it's also, there's actually a study in the Journal of the American Medical Association, people with major depression took one infrared sauna, their mood was better. Well, how cool is that? I mean, that's like simple. There's no side effects mostly to taking a 25 minute sauna. So is it infrared or any type of sauna? Well, it's, it's probably any type of sauna, right, right, right. but the study was on infrared. Yeah, infrared, gotcha. Saunas. But anything that's releasing the toxins, any heat exposure, and not too sweat. much. Yeah, sweat. sweat, sweating it's with exercise out. or saunas is detoxifying for you. Yeah. And this isn't hard, right? Like not one thing I've said right. so far is hard. The M in Bright Minds is mental health. This is where you learn to kill the ants and tame the dragons. So 
ANT stands for automatic negative thoughts, the thoughts that come into your mind automatically and ruin your day. And the exercise is super simple. Whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And then just ask yourself if it's true. You don't have to believe every stupid thing you think. I didn't learn that till I was 28 years old. I'm like, I'm, I'm in class. Um, I'm a psychiatric <laughs> resident at Walter Reed in Washington, D.C. And I'm like, no sh I don't have to believe the noise in my head. Mm. It's like thoughts come from your genes, right? They're actually written into your genes. You're a failure, maybe because your grandfather had to file for bankruptcy. They come from your parents talking mm -hmm. to you. They come from your siblings. I'm one of seven. They Peers, come from uh, the noise. Yeah. They come from your coaches. They, and they lie. Just because you have a thought has nothing to do with whether or not it's true. Absolutely. And I, I was working with a therapist recently that said just because someone tells you uh, something about yourself doesn't mean, and they're trying to give you this thing, doesn't mean you need to receive that gift. It's not a gift you need to receive. They're offering you a gift that's a bad gift. Doesn't mean you need to take it. You can just say, okay, I don't need that gift right now. I don't need to let that thought sink in and believe this. And I think, I'll speak for myself, growing up, anytime I heard someone say, you suck, you're dumb, you're an idiot, you're not enough, you'll never amount to whatever, I learned to believe those things. And I think a lot of us probably learn to believe whatever we hear from anyone, whether it was a, a side comment or a direct comment. And how have you learned over the years to really defend against those ants? Like besides, someone might say, okay, I tried writing it down that this is not true and analyzing this, but what's a, what, how can we really show up for ourselves so our thoughts don't consume us in a negative way? So you know that if you're overweight on Monday and you have a salad, you are not going to be trim on Friday. <laughs> right. <laughs> that you right. need to develop practices, yes. right? That getting well physically mm -hmm. is a discipline that occurs over and over, over time, mm. right? To be mentally well, you need to develop practices that you do like eating well over and over and over. So for example, I start every day with today is going to be a great day. Mm. Soon as my feet hit the floor in the morning, and today was easier because I spent last night in Santa Monica and walked on the beach this morning, <laughs> and I get to hang out with you. Today is going to be a great day. That way, my unconscious mind finds why it's going to be a yes. great day. And then your brain is always listening. I talk about taming the hopeless and helpless dragon, the dragon from the past that feeds depression. Mm. And it's something I do called positivity bias training. Uh, I want to get my brain looking for what's right because it automatically Looks goes for what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so I start every day with today is going to be a great day. And then if I have a hard time, if I feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, I write down what I, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And then I just go, is it true? And there's a whole bigger method in the book. Um, and often I'll go to, what's the opposite of that thought? No one loves me or no one respects me or you're a failure. And so quickly my brain, if I go, my wife never listens to me, I've had that thought. Um, I'll go, well, I never listened to my wife. And I'll be like, oh, that can be true. <laughs> or she does listen to me and then I find the times that she, it's just I don't yeah. believe what goes on in my head. And then when I go to bed at night, and this is so powerful, I say a prayer and then I go, what went well today? And I put myself to sleep by reviewing the positive things that happened yeah. that day. And I find the little micro moments, whether it's that sip of hot chocolate that I made that I'm proud of myself for, or some cool text or interaction. Mm -hmm. And it sets my dreams up to be more positive. Yeah. And a really fun thing I've been playing with recently is um, I had Stephen Hayes on my podcast, The Brain Warrior's Way. And he had a technique of give your mind a name. And it's based on a concept of psychological distancing. And as he was talking about that, he gave his mind the name George. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I, I knew exactly what I'd give my mind, the name Hermie. 
Hermie was my female. I didn't know she was a female when I named her. Raccoon. I had a pet raccoon when I was 16 years old. And she was a troublemaker. <laughs> she was beautiful and smart. And she TP'd my mom's bathroom. She ate my sister's fish out of her aquarium. Wow. She used to poop in my shoes. And um, she caused a lot of trouble, just like my mind. And so when I hear the, like, the negative chatter, uh -huh. I used to take Herming and put her on her back and tickle her. And she used to love that. Really? We just had this great relationship. Wow. So when my mind is acting up, I'm like, seriously, do I need to tickle you right now? Just so I separate. And I'm like, is this helpful? Because you've had good coaches mm -hmm. and you've had bad coaches, right? And I want me to be a good coach for me. Yes. Too many people, their internal life is like a courtroom and they've got a spectacular prosecutor and a cruel <laughs> judge and a jury that's awful. Wow. And they have a weak defense attorney. Yeah. And I'm like, I got Johnny Cochran in my head, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. protect myself. Uh, but that, people don't get any training. Isn't that interesting? It's like in we, their minds. Yeah, we are. Con I feel like in general, we're conditioned to find the negative, the bad to keep us safe or protect ourselves in some way. But we've never trained ourselves to be a great coach or a great cheerleader to ourselves. You just brought that up. It made me think about it. It's like, what if we did have that training as a kid on how to coach ourselves through pain, discomfort, and not only rely on the addictive coping mechanisms that we tend to lean towards? Well, I don't know how to coach myself, let me drink. I don't know how to coach, let me take this drug or pornography or whatever the addiction choice is to cope for someone. How do we learn to be a good, positive coach in a time of complete chaos, stress, overwhelm, dysfunction? When we can't even get out of that. We can't even get out of that in our heads. We can't even hear that coach in our mind. It's a practice. Yeah, it's all practice. And that's why I write. Yeah. You know, whether it's your brain is always listening mm -hmm. or feel better fast and make it last. You know, people do things to feel better fast. We saw that during the pandemic. But they're choosing things that actually make them worse. That hurt them. In the yeah. long run. So you want to do things that help you feel good now and later yes. versus now, but not later. <laughs> now, immediate so, all the time, yeah. So diaphragmatic breathing, uh -huh. I'm just a huge fan. Or meditation, I published three studies on a kundalini yoga form of meditation called Kirtan Kriya. It's all of 12 minutes, mm -hmm. but it activates yes. your frontal lobes. Yes. It helps you with forethought and judgment and impulse control. Mm -hmm. And it's fun, it's beautiful. Satana. Ma, satana, ma, which is birth, life, death, reborn, birth, life, death, reborn. It's just beautiful. And, um, you know, people can Google, you know, their YouTube videos on it. But it works to balance your brain. And that helps you feel good now and later Absolutely. versus now but not later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a few friends right now to continue to spread the message of greatness to other people and help them improve the quality of their life as well. You can post it on social media. Make sure to tag me, Lewis Howes, and tag Dr. Daniel Amen and let him know what you enjoyed most about this episode. And also, we've got part two coming right after this where we talk about how to optimize your brain and heart health, why pleasure can make you unhappy, the effects of marijuana on the brain. That's right. We talked about alcohol in the brain in this episode but the next one i'm going to reveal what marijuana does to the brain and so much more again if you enjoyed this please subscribe and leave a rating and review and share with me the part you enjoyed most about this episode over on apple podcast we'd love to read those reviews so click over there right now subscribe leave a review and share this with a friend you can also go to the full show notes at lewishouse.com slash 1120 and send that link to some friends as well and i want to leave you with this quote from john green who says there is hope even when your brain tells you there isn't who I am excited about this two-parter. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I want to remind you, no matter what you're going through right now, that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. I'm so grateful for you, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.